0: And inspired podcast. A simple warning we may drop an F bomb or other descriptive words just in case you have small children with you or are at work. We know many of you are planning right now from your cubicle. You've been warned.
1: The Engaged and Inspired podcast is sponsored by Barabort Jewelers in Glastonbury, Connecticut. Barabortjewelers.com. And now your hosts, Kia and DJ Sam. The Engaged and Inspired podcast. This is DJ Sam with my host, Kia. (laughs) (laughs) we did it different that time
2: we did Mm -hmm. so it's the new year
1: yes it is it's great to be in a new year because everything is fresh and new and plus i just like this number combo better
2: okay so before we get started on our wonderful topic what can you share with us
1: i can share with you my wedding tip wednesday which is available on the Be Engaged and Inspired Facebook group page, and
2: also on social media. Mm -hmm.
1: Like, Kia can tell us.
2: Instagram, Tumblr, I guess, is what you're on. Pinterest, things like that. Yeah,
1: all you have to do is just hashtag Wedding Tip Wednesday, and it'll just all pop up there. Mm -hmm. So my Wedding Tip Wednesday for you today is, whether or not your guests will admit it, they are actually judging you (laughs) and forming their own opinion of you from the second they enter your wedding reception. You should never underestimate a first impression because first impressions are always what people tend to remember Correct. and judge you by. So the reason for saying that wedding tip Wednesday is because we're going to actually judge. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we're going to actually just go back and talk about all of our weddings last year. As I said, we're Not to all to judge. of them. We're, we're not going to judge. judge. <laughs> we're going to say, what did we learn? What things happened? Because even yes. seasoned... Professionals, and there are days where I really do feel like I have seen it all. Sometimes I have not.
1: There's always that one little thing that, wow, I've never seen that before. Mm-hmm. Sometimes
2: you, it's good, sometimes it's bad.
1: Sometimes I say I don't want to ever see that again.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes. So one of the things that I sort of, when I was thinking back for this this topic, was my interaction with couples was a lot different than it has been in the years past. How so? A lot more of just random social media messages to me oh okay um as a planner once i get to know you that's totally fine but sometimes it's not the best way to get that first set of information right um especially since engaged connecticut is not just wedding planners but we also manage a whole bunch of venues so if you just send me a message uh that just says how much i really don't know what you're talking about and i had a lot of people last year who just texted me with no nothing but a question like they would say hey kia so clearly they knew who i was you are but they wouldn't say like, oh, this is, you know, Sarah and Bob and, you know, we're getting married on such and such date or not even right. anything. They just say right. I was getting a random <laughs> yeah. phone number asking me what time are vendors allowed to arrive on wedding day? And yeah. I don't know.
1: Which which facility? Which Wh- facility? What date?
2: What date? Yeah. And, and honestly, I keep a lot in my head, but, no. but I need like a li- I need a little bit of a tidbit of just who it is. Right. So that was something that I have learned that this year... I do state to everybody, it says in my emails and everything else, that if you would like to contact me via text, which is totally fine, mm-hmm. sometimes it's the only way you can communicate if you're planning at work and you're mm-hmm. <clears throat> not doing work, yep. is to at least your first text should always say who you are, where you're getting married, and at least the date. Most of the times I just need your, your name and your date, but where you're getting married is helpful too.
1: Yes. Date, time, and location mm-hmm. are the three specific things I say to my clients on my website, And also when they send me an email that just says, how much does it cost? Yes. I reply back with, I need to know (laughs) the date, time, and location. And you understand why this is important. And I think that a lot of younger
2: couples that are getting... uh, I
1: I don't want to disparage one whole section. I don't want to disparage
2: them either. I'm just saying it is a different way of communicating that I was not necessarily... I adjusted really quickly, but I have now made a point to sort of mention it when I am meeting with couples. Yeah,
1: it's still a big problem with the clients that contact me is that the first question is always about price. It's never about uh, the date, time, location, mm-hmm. and how good are you, yes. or are you going to make my guests dance?
2: And the thing is, is that um, as a vendor, I always want my first impression to the clients to be that I'm being helpful, that I'm answering their questions, that I'm not just sending out a form that just says blah, 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 blah. If they're asking me about a specific date or time of year, I like to tell them that it's busy or it's not busy, or hey, that's a great thing. I like to make it a little bit more personal. So I like my first impression to be that way. But I do realize that some people don't necessarily have the time or don't think about it in that sense. And so I still then try to revert it back into being as professional of an answer as I can, even if they're just saying, what's the cost?
1: But if you went to buy a car, would you just say, I want a car that has four wheels?
2: I would prefer one that has four wheels. Well, of course you
1: would, but... you And also windows. Yes. (laughs) And a roof and an engine. Yes. You need specifics. Yes. And and that is the point, is that just asking one bland question... Is not enough. Is not enough. So if you email any vendor, please, please, please have this information. Learn
2: learn this from us, because this is just one of those things.
1: Date, time, and location. Perfect. And when we say location, we mean... The location of the ceremony and the location of the reception. And it's okay
2: if you don't know, but then you can at least give an idea of what you're thinking.
1: Yes. Or give me a season. Just give me a season. (laughs) Give me something. Give me a little,
2: just a little tidbit to work on. So what's something that you uh, learned from us weddings last year?
1: I learned this, this season, this past season to think on my feet again. <laughs> I, as in, That was not my fault. No. The un- unpredictability of couples never seems to bewilder me, mm-hmm. I, it, or it seems to be- bewilder me. I, I guess that's what I should be saying, because there's things that we tell them in advance, and uh, we think they're listening, but Apparently they're they're not. Uh, my example was I'm not going to say facility or or who the couple was. Once you turn it off, I'm going to guess. <laughs> but you know who you are. Uh, <laughs> I had uh, discussed with the couple about lighting the facility because one of the facilities uh, that I go to it, it looks absolutely fantastic when it's lit mm-hmm. and it's lit from outside and inside. And um, as we got closer to the date, the couple said they. Didn't want the lighting after all, and that's fine if it's not. You it, can change your mind. I, absolutely not a problem. But then on the night of the event, the best man comes up to me and says, "Wow, you know, this is, this facility would look really good if it was lit. <laughs> you know, I'm a lighting technician, and I'm gonna have to mention to my buddy, buddy, the the, the groom that they should have got lighting for this event. I, I mean, what do you say? Uh, you after say that? you say nothing? No, that which is exactly." why i'm blabbering it uh, here uh, to millions of listeners um yes
2: i think lighting is one of those things that people sometimes think it's just a, an added expense but sometimes it's really necessary you know if you're in a space that ends up being a lot darker than you thought it can change the mood also if there's too much lighting it can change the mood yes one of our facilities will is uh, in the process of getting dimmers <laughs> because you know, in the past, what we had to do was go unplug some certain lights, uh, and there's always a little bit of unnerving feeling when you're unplugging things oh, at a wedding. But that's you know the, one of those things that we've we've learned. It's something that has been requested a whole bunch of times, so we're just going to make it happen.
1: The, the the other one is outdoor weddings. Once it gets after eight nine o'clock at night, and there is no floodlighting outside, mm-hmm. it's going to get pitch
2: black. Yes. So You, you may know- be dancing with the person who you weren't planning on dancing with for no no drinking reason at all. It just because you can't see who the person is.
1: So, looking back, you know, I I stuck a couple of lights outside, and you know, the bride was thrilled that uh, mm-hmm. we thought about that, but I, I thought about that from the very beginning when yes. you said you were going to have a wedding <laughs> in the dark outside. We need some lighting. Yes. We definitely need some
2: light. So, one of the things, too, is... Thinking back about all the food that we've eaten last year. Yummy. Most of it, usually, it was yummy. Yes. But also looking at what worked and what didn't work. So, um, I had a wedding that we ended up sort of being called in at the last minute by the facility due to a whole bunch of changes and a whole bunch of issues. Mm-hmm. And looking at the menu and what they were doing really didn't make sense. They were having a cocktail style mm-hmm. wedding mm-hmm. and they had decided to provide no seats. And they were having a soup station.
1: How, how is that even possible? How are you going to stand drinking soup? You, you have to
2: stand and eat soup. And it was one of those things where, and everything had been shoved into uh, one room. They had also put the bar there. And I said, if you're having these interactive stations, you can't have them on the opposite side of the room because somewhere in the middle is where everybody bumps into each other and they don't know which line they're in. No one can join the line. There is no Mm -hmm. smooth in or out. Mm -hmm. So we ended up on that day. Obviously, we couldn't change the menu. We ended up arriving to the the venue much closer to uh, sooner than we had anticipated because we moved everything around. Uh, My crew and I stood there and said, okay, if we put a bar here, where is the most logical place that we could put this one food station? And then if we had a food station here, but we have to be able to exit out of this, this room, can we switch this table to be this type of table? And we had to do a whole bunch of things. And usually it's all things that we would have done in the beginning. But like I said, this was a little bit through. of a yep. unexpected type of situation we were in. But it showed me the difference of if you're not actually thinking this through... And and we did. We put out some seats. We, we kept a whole bunch of couches that originally the bride and groom had wanted to disappear. And, I mean, they were filled. They were filled all night. Excellent. So it worked out. Far. It did work out. It was, you know, a little bit confusing at first because some of the guests had not been told that this was the... They had not been informed that they were going to a cocktail-style right. wedding. And that's one of those things that I always recommend to my clients is if you're having an adult reception or you're having a cocktail-style, that should be... Following those words of where the ceremony and everything, it's the reception to follow. That type of reception should stay what it is. Absolutely. So people understand. doesn't mean that there's a lack of food when you're having a cocktail-style one, but it does maybe mean that you're wandering around a little. You might be going up to a food truck. You might be going to, you know.
1: That was going to be what I was going to say that I've experienced this year is food trucks. I, I mean, you mean last year, but. Last year, yes. The last season. Last season, yes. yes. Uh, two food truck weddings, Mm-hmm. It was absolutely fantastic in the food. One was a pizza um Like an other one, yep. Yeah, fantastic. The yep. food is, is exceptional. And I'm not the sort of person uh, who likes buffet-type He doesn't like to stand food. in line. <laughs> I,
2: he has no patience. You
1: know what? That, that I'm going to tell you this. This goes back to my club days when I used to work in nightclubs in England and mm-hmm. when I first moved over here. I was the DJ, so I just walked past the crowd and, and went straight in. Yeah, so, you can't
2: do that as a wedding DJ. No,
1: you, you can't just... You can't. So I never like standing in line, so I don't know why. Well, that's why. Anyway, the food trucks, pizzas, absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I liked, I went back to a facility that I hadn't been to many years, and their prime rib was still exactly the way that I had remembered it from. Five I think six I ate a
2: chicken that was exactly the same piece of chicken <laughs> from five or six years ago. <laughs>
1: that's not what I meant.
2: No, <laughs> nice. it did have veggies that were see through, which were sort of gross. But yes, it does happen. But one of these things is that um, I've learned from from last year is. A lot more clarity when I'm speaking to um, my couples about things like food trucks. Food trucks don't tend to have as much staff as a normal catering company. They don't tend to stay till the end of the wedding. So there's this whole question of what happens to the trash and and who's going to clean up and where's it going. So there's all these elements where people are thinking I'm saving myself a specific amount of money but you're not because you're going to have to pay for staff you're going to have to pay for cleanup and it may make more sense just to pay for those people to stay longer come a little later um timing can be you know funny and you for one if you're working with a food truck you should 100 percent know how they function go to an event that they're at before you book them yep
1: and see how, how they how work. How
2: quickly they can serve yeah. people, how they, you know, a lot of these pizza ones do like an amazing spread. Oh, yeah. And you're just walking up and you can grab one and you can even do specialty ones and things like that.
1: Yeah, because I thought, you know, one pizza and then 20 minutes later another. No, I mean, they were... Flashing out different types of This is what happens when you have like a wood
2: stove, like they're firewood stove. They're amazing.
1: Fantastic. Yes. Highly recommend.
2: Yes. I I like them. I like them a lot for um, rehearsal dinners Mm -hmm. because I think they're a good low-key rehearsal dinner type of solution, especially if you're having an outdoor backyard wedding or something like that. And then put all of your family and friends to work beforehand? Yes, good idea. That's that's just my idea. (laughs) But then anything else crazy or something that you were unexpectedly learned?
1: Nothing crazy, but I always like to step up my game Mm -hmm. after uh, every season. So reflecting back, I would like to do things 1% better than I did last year. And, And sometimes that may be calling the photographer and video a little earlier than I usually do because like it's just you're good about that I call all my vendors the week of uh, the event (laughs) and explain to them what I'm going to be doing if they need to plug into my system oh maybe I can do that a week before
2: a little sooner, but little not too sooner. soon. Because right. if you do it too soon, they're not going to want to talk to you because they're like, I'm not even thinking about that wedding.
1: Well, you would you would not believe the amount of photographers who say, well, I've never had a DJ call me before and tell me what they're going to be doing on the day. Mm-hmm. So just that little 1%. And the, the other little 1% that I'm going to try to to do that I noticed I wasn't doing last year is to be more social with the parents of the bride and the groom or the couple, because they seem to be the ones that are left out uh, uh, of the of the planning. Mm-hmm. The, the bride and the groom or the couple do all the planning. But on the day of the wedding reception, I'm going to try and interact more with the the parents and you know tell them, hey, this is coming up maybe the cake or the see i always dances. walk
2: past and check on the parents but that's because yeah, that's, i have that ability that's to do right. that
1: i don't i can't be yes in two places at the same time but that's what i'm going to try and do i'm going to try and be in two places at the same time mm-hmm. because i think just that one percent extra of me just doing that may make a difference to how they perceive a dj is on the yes. day, of a, uh, no. day of the wedding
2: i think always improving is great like i said i've sort of changed the way that i communicate with my couples,
1: you actually speak to them now. I do speak- instead of texting.
2: I do. I speak to them actually all the time. <laughs> I'm just joking. But, I, but like I said, if it is texting that the way they no. want to do it, I I fully understand that, and I have. Like I said, trying to improve myself by that 1% is really try to understand how each couple likes to communicate. Some couples are great at communication. Some couples are, uh, no offense, but horrible at communication. Some couples are wishy-washy, and that's totally fine. And I think if you say that in the beginning, and especially if you're honest with your vendors about that right in the beginning, it makes for a smoother, better transaction. I think so. Because I know if somebody came to you and said, I really am like in love with all of this type of music but I don't like this music and I just want you to play like let's say just solid techno. country music oh, or yeah. techno or whatever yeah, yeah. you have the ability to say great but you do have to throw in a few things you do have to, to sl- throw in a few slow dances yeah. Um, so yeah no I think communication is is always key
1: because you're very good I, I must compliment you on texting you're very good at texting
2: I, I try yeah, well because that's
1: how a lot of clients like to communicate today and you have a lot more interaction with clients than mm-hmm. I do What's the word I'm looking for? Pre-wedding. Pre-wedding. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Pre-wedding. I, th- I thought there was a more exotic I'm, word. That there you is could, not
2: a more exotic. No. At least not in my brain. <laughs> I've not had enough coffee. <laughs> I,
1: I really think that is the wave of the future. Mm-hmm. Is that texting? Maybe not so much email. Because I love email. Because I know you do. I can. I can reply back whenever I'm ready. Yes. As opposed to when you text, it's literally more of an instantaneous type of communication, but that's the wave of the future. So I'm going
2: to try and improve on that one too. Yeah. Well, one of the things too is when somebody sends you a text message, um, you know, I can't always answer them right away or I may not know the answer right away. So I have to go find it or not. I'll let them know in that type of situation, but it does also help sometimes relieve something that could become bigger and more stressful. If I can answer it right then and there. Absolutely. And that makes a big difference. So, of course, if we could ever answer any of your questions, remember, you can always email them to us at EngageCT at gmail.com, and it might become a topic for one of our future podcasts.
1: Absolutely. We'd love to hear from you. Be engaged and inspired. We'll be right back.
0: Are you looking for a wedding experience like no other in Connecticut? The Inn at Mount Pleasant, situated in Torrington, is the perfect New England setting. Their historic barn and classic bed and breakfast provides you with a full wedding weekend, custom farm tables, bistro lighting, chandelier and fire pits are just a few amenities. Find us at EngagedCT.com. Thank you for making Barabalt Jewelers your wedding jewelry destination. From your engagement to wedding day, we've got you covered with engagement rings, wedding bands, and wedding party gift ideas. We welcome you to make an appointment and visit our styling lounge in our store. Barabalt Jewelers in Glastonbury, Connecticut. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook or at BarabaltJewelers.com.
1: Hey, Aaron Miller here from Aaron Miller Photography. I'm here with DJ Sam and Kia on the be Engaged and Inspired Podcast. It's essential listening if you're planning a wedding. It's available free on iTunes or Google Podcasts. Atmosphere Productions. For professional disc Live musicians, custom lighting and photo booths.
0: When your wedding entertainment has to have the amazing music be fun, organized and unforgettable, your choice has to be Atmosphere Productions. Experience the difference. www.atmosphere-productions.com That's www.atmosphere-productions.com
1: Com. DJs, live musicians, custom lighting, and photo booths. Atmosphere Productions for professional, professional disc <laughs>
0: Heidi Hanson Photography, fun, happy, a little unorthodox, sometimes silly with lots of candid. Hi, this is Heidi from Heidi Hanson Photography, www.heidihansonphotography.com. I like being goofy with my couples, making them laugh, and overall just having a blast on their wedding day. Every wedding day is different, and that is what keeps my job super awesome. I service Connecticut and New York. You can find me on www.heidihansonphotography.com and also on social media. Meadowbrook Estate is the hidden gem of
2: Connecticut. Located in Marlborough, Connecticut, we offer a -a one-of-a-kind wedding experience. With lodging for up to 30 guests, choose from our indoor or outdoor gated wedding package. This luxury venue is versatile and still fits within your style and budget. Visit us at MeadowbrookEstateCT.com
0: I'm probably okay to have one more drink before I drive home. I'm probably okay.
2: I open the window to stay alert. Probably okay. I just brought some gum in my mouth. Step out of the car, please. I probably made a mistake.
0: Probably okay isn't okay when it comes to drinking and driving. If you see a warning sign, stop and call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzzed driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. The Engaged and Inspired podcast is sponsored by
1: Barabort Jewelers in Glastonbury, Connecticut. BarabortJewelers.com And now your host, Kia. And DJ Sam, the engaged and inspired podcast. This is DJ Sam. We're back. Kia is still here with us, still at the moment. And we are going to jump into a new topic.
2: A new topic, because I've been getting a lot of emails for people who are looking to have their weddings um, at home. Oh, so when you're thinking about an at-home wedding, there's a whole bunch of different logistics, like a backyard, like like a backyard, yes, yes, Or, yes. or a piece, just basically a piece of property that is not owned by a venue. Right. And you and I did a wedding uh, this past year. Yes, yes, we did. That was a person's home that's not typically a venue. Yes, we did. And of course. And it was very nice. It was very nice. But you like to do a site visit. And why do you do that?
1: Because I don't know the logistics of what I'm getting into. Mm. Power is usually the key element that I need. And I need to make sure that uh, they have a GFI plug outside. That's a ground fault interrupter plug. So that I don't get myself electrocuted if it starts uh, raining. And also, uh, I don't want to just as, as I'm in the middle of introductions or playing uh, the couple's first dance, the power goes out because <laughs> I jacked up the sound too much and the breaker can't take it. So
2: that is awfully nice of you to make sure that doesn't
0: happen.
1: Right. Well, the reason I'm saying these things is because in my earlier days, all these things have happened. <laughs> <laughs>
2: this was before you were a professional. <laughs> well, I I
1: called myself professional at the time, but I had definitely no idea was where, one. Yeah. But
2: it's it is the logistics. It's the question of where do you set up how do you have a backup rain plan how do you have a backup if it's wet outside the grounds are but the air isn't and and how do you do things people don't necessarily take into consideration do you have enough garbage cans mm-hmm. do you have enough garbage bags where's the garbage going there's a lot of garbage that comes from a wedding.
1: Yeah, you don't really think about it until nope. uh, you're, until you're the wrapping,
2: end. unwrapping yeah. 145 little votives and then unwrapping the candle <laughs> that goes into the votive holder and you, you've got a garbage bag filled with stuff.
1: So the fir- well, first two tips would be, firstly... Get a planner. Yes. I can't say it any anymore that mm-hmm. you cannot have uh, a backyard event without having some sort of professional planner who knows what they're doing.
2: And if you don't have one, what's going to end up happening is your mother or your father or your sister or somebody in that immediate family, is going to spend a great deal of that wedding day handling unexpected issues. Like, where are your garbage cans? Or oh my god, the rental truck just parked and got itself stuck. What do we do now? Or where are we putting up the tent? Can your tent? I mean, one of the questions I always ask homeowners is, what's on the land that we're putting the tent into? Yes, yes. And how secure can we get it? And if you have tree limbs that need to be removed. It's a whole process, and Hmm. I think that was the sort of the point of this. But it is a question of What do you do next? Most homes don't have um, trays that you could put garbage on, like caterers do. But what caterers do you have mean to bring trays. Uh, think about it when you're at a wedding venue. Yep. Sometimes in the corner of the room, there's a little stand with a tray uh, on it, and people yes. put down their napkins yes. or their glasses yes. or something like that.
1: Yeah, and the wait staff come and they they, and they, they clear. It.
2: Yes. Yeah. But now that's something that you typically have to add on if you're having catering.
1: That's right, because you wouldn't have that typically in your house.
2: You wouldn't. I mean, most people don't. I definitely am not putting. <laughs> I, know I mean, I, I have a table that sometimes looks like it was a a dirty dishes tray but that's because I have children (laughs) but it is one of those things that people don't think about and if you're not thinking about it and you're working with maybe um, inexperienced caterer or let's say you're working with food trucks that do not come with the same amount of crew they're not going to have trays for you
1: and that's not their expectation they're not going in there thinking well I've got to have trays to take care of garbage Mm -hmm. of course not
2: And then the question is, do they take all their garbage? Do they not take all their garbage? When do rentals start to show up? When do they have to be picked up? There's this whole logistical... It could be a logistical nightmare.
1: Right. So two... Is the garbage. What do we do with the garbage? Mm-hmm. So you have to have a, a plan. A plan, but do you get a dumpster? What, do you, well, what would you Some do? people have
2: done a dumpster. Some people have spoken to their caterers and said, the caterers have said, look, we'll remove everything that happens in the time period of the, the wedding. Obviously, all of the stuff prior is yours. Make sure that that wedding week you have actually gone to the dump or had had the garbage picked up. So you're starting with fresh, empty cans. You don't
1: have the furniture that you're (laughs) going to throw in there at the very beginning. Or
2: you haven't gone to the dump in, I don't know, like two weeks and your (laughs) recycle container is completely filled. These are things that sometimes people just don't necessarily think about. Of course you wouldn't. And you have to think about whether or not your residence that you're having this uh, wedding at, as you said, does it have enough power? Does it have enough water pressure? It's a lot of people in your house possibly taking a shower. If you're having um, additional bathrooms brought in, they're taking water. If you're using your own bathrooms, is your septic going to be able to handle an additional 150 people?
1: And that's tip number three now. That is higher... Port-a-potties.
2: I would always say hire a good porta a potty
1: I would not suggest having any backdoor event, wedding or whatever, mm-hmm. without porta a is. Yes. Because your typical toilet facilities are not going to handle an extra 50 people.
2: No. And if you're having people, as say, let's say the wedding party getting ready, they can go in the house. Grandma can go in the house. Grandma party probably knows where it is in the house. Right. But for your everyday guest, plus you have to think about it, you may not actually know everybody who's at the wedding. Yeah, you they may know. be a plus one. Yeah. You may be somebody you don't know. It might be somebody who had a plus one. They bailed, so they just picked somebody else up. Right. Like, by and the they're name traipsing Cindy.
1: through your house, mm-hmm. your personal possessions.
2: And a lot of people don't put everything away because they're getting ready so quickly so it's sort of you know there's purses and there's cell phones right, there's car keys you just don't think about it right. but this is so it's one of those things to just say yes get a porta potty some of them come with their own water tanks so you don't even have to tap into your own water which is great it's if a, you don't have yes, water pressure yes or if they can they'll connect to your hose and they'll connect to your power but once again they should be connecting to power that you're not connecting to them <laughs> <laughs> and that catering
1: yes connecting to. yes speaking of uh, porta potties, they do some fantastic ones oh my
2: god they do uh,
1: I, I, I'm, seriously, they are better than my mm-hmm. commode at home. They have music. They're they air ha- conditioned air or they're heated.
2: Yes! they're the the running water you're not at all aware that you're in a trailer i mean i've had people walk in walk back out like look around and walk back in because it's you know all nice wood paneling it's it's great
1: although i would like to say now make it official i do have running water heat and (laughs) air conditioning in my toilet so maybe i was exaggerating (laughs) a little bit when i said it's better than mine
2: well but not for everybody who's coming to your backyard wedding if you're having one but these are things that people don't always think about you don't think about timing because if you've never done a wedding before and here you are having this in your yard you know where where are you gonna park everybody when they start to come how are you gonna handle that influx of 40 50 cars all of a sudden and then what do you, how are you going to handle for those people who are late? Some of you have started to walk down the aisle. Right. And dad, who was loving parking people, well, guess what? He's already going down the aisle with you.
1: And this is something that I know you do. I've worked with many outside events with you, is that you hire people to do that. Mm-hmm. And that that's their specific job, is yes. just to do parking.
2: Just to do parking now, and stop guests once we've started to go down the aisle. Right. And then release them to join the wedding after the main people have gone down. Right. I,
1: I did a wedding, uh, again, not with with you but oh, they had the <laughs> yes yes i didn't want to throw you under the bus there uh th- they got the neighbors mm-hmm. to a couple neighbors and their kids and they helped park the cars in the driveways all around oh, perfect they got all the neighbors to, to you know to join in the mm-hmm. buffet uh, later on yes. but for the ceremony and stuff the
2: street helped, That's which perfect. is which is perfect but now depending on the town that you live in you may not be allowed to park everybody on the street Uh, you may have to get a special permit Yep, and i can give you a list of all those towns where you have to do that because i have experienced that
1: (laughs) this is new england after all this is
2: new england after all and one of the reasons that they do that is and i and i get it it's because they're trying to make sure that the road is safe and i have seen some of you park. I know how I park. I'm not a great parker, Mm -hmm. but I have had people who just park with no consideration (laughs) for the curb, no consideration for the middle of the street where people still have to pass. So there are things like this that you have to take into consideration. You also have to take into consideration how to, at the end of the event, it gets a lot darker than people seem to think nighttime is. So how yes. do they get back to their vehicles in a safe manner and exit whatever random field you just might have parked them into?
1: Yes. Do you have enough lighting out
2: there? Always enough lighting. You and I recently did a wedding where, you know, lighting was a little...
1: Um, lax.
2: Yeah. A little sketchy. <laughs> just a little, you know, recommendations were made. People didn't necessarily listen to us. And, you know, we ended up... At, we had to... We accommodated. We were flexible. Yeah. We adjusted. Yep.
1: Um, But but still, there was not enough light for the driveway for the the guests to walk Mm -hmm. back to their cars.
2: And I've done weddings where we had uh, like a little basket of flashlights. And then when they got down back to their field where the car was, Mm -hmm. there was a place to drop the flashlights back off. I would say like maybe twenty percent came back, but I don't blame them. They were not thinking; they just sort of left. Great tip though, great tip. Uh, And and once again, you could hire somebody to be there in the when everybody's arriving, but then you could also have that person come back and sort of feel like you know, like the airplanes when they have like the two glow sticks. (laughs) But uh, I'm a person who thinks like having a glow stick uh, pathway. It's a great thing to do because somebody in the dark can now go crack open
1: and pack twenty of them,
2: drop them down so that people have something, some a beacon to follow, or even better, just Uber. Uh,
1: That's (laughs) always a good idea. Now, a a tip that you kind of skated over was: what are you putting your tent on? Yes. Now. Many uh, homes have septic tanks.
2: Have septic tanks. Have uneven ground. Have things mm-hmm. called like rocks.
1: <laughs> yep, or, or even underground uh, sprinkler underground systems. Sprinkler. Oh yes. And you can't just drive over that with a, a big truck to drop off a tent. Nope.
2: And if you know, if you're not scheduling uh, all of your rental pickups and drop-offs at the same time, and somebody shows up because they. You're first person on the list and you weren't expecting them yet because you didn't clarify what that first person on the list meant. You may not be there to say, hey.
1: You can't do this.
2: No. So I typically say to somebody who when I'm working with a rental company is I like to know the rental companies who's the driver for the day and their cell phone. I ask for that information for that for that, That's that, another that driver
1: for that day. For that day. Yes, good point. So it's the same
2: thing I do for any shuttle driver too. I ask for that day for their cell phone yeah. and their name. Yeah, where Just, are you? Where are you? What's yeah. happening? Yeah. And then I try to make sure that it's in the notes like we do have a septic in the front yard. So please pull into the driveway and wait for someone to Yep. Show you how to do this.
1: And that's another reason why your entertainment, whether you have a band or a DJ, somebody from that company should do a site inspection Absolutely. before the event. Because a little thing like that can make a di- big difference. Because now, if you can't park your vehicle to unload mm-hmm. near where the stage or the setup area is you have to truck that and that's going to take extra time especially if you're a solo performer but also if you have huge cases that need to Mm -hmm. be rolled well now they can't be be rolled
2: (laughs) yeah not on grass (laughs) i sometimes on grass i find gravel to be the hardest.
1: gravel is a you know what yes
2: you can actually say it. But, bitch. It's okay. a bitch. It's a bitch. <laughs> but that's one of those things where if you have not been there before, it can be really shocking. Yeah. And this is why even with caterers that I have worked with before, I love for them to come out. And 99% of them want to come out and see the space. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I have done the video and the photos, and sometimes I have forgotten to give that to Sam. I was just going to say that I'm still
1: waiting for those pictures.
2: (laughs) Yes. Well, we'll get to it. But those are one of those things that people don't necessarily think about. And so all I was really trying to say is if you're planning on having a wedding this year or the next upcoming year, that you're thinking like my backyard is the perfect spot, it may be but there is a bunch of things to consider before you just like dive in.
1: Absolutely. Let this be a cautionary tale for yes, you. Yes,
2: absolutely. So any like parting words of wisdom?
1: Please go to my website because you can get eight questions you must ask a wedding vendor before you book them. These are crucial because some of the stuff that we just covered in this podcast, you should be asking your vendor before you actually book them. So go to our website, all allthews.atmosphere-productions.com oh, no. and get this free report.
2: Thank you very much. And remember, you can download us and subscribe for free on iTunes and Google Play. And I guess we'll be back next Wednesday.
1: And you can listen to us then. Yes. The Engaged and Inspired Podcast is sponsored by Barrowboat Jewelers in Glastonbury, Connecticut. BarrowboatJewelers.com Produced and copyrighted by Atmosphere Productions in association with Engage Connecticut.